Here we go again. Back for another episode of the Comparison Group Podcast. At this point, if you're listening, you either love the show and can't get enough of it, or you hate the show and you can't get enough of it. Either way, I appreciate it. I'm going to start the show with a nice little clip from a woman who seems to believe that the COVID vaccine has caused her to become a magnet. A lot of people probably heard about this or saw the clip, but you have to see the visual. You really do have to see the visual. I'll post it to the website, thecomparisongroup.com, and you can check it out. She believes the vaccine, I don't know if she specifies the Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, uh, I guess it doesn't matter, has caused her to become magnetized, and she tries to put a key on her body to prove it. So let's listen to the clip. Is it a combination of the protein, which now we're finding has a metal attached to it? I'm sure you've seen the pictures all over the Internet of people who've had these shots and now they're magnetized. They can put a key on their forehead. It sticks. They can put spoons and forks all over them and they can stick because now we think that there's a metal piece to that. There has been people who've long suspected that there was some sort of an interface yet to be defined, an interface between what's being injected in these shots and all of the 5G towers. Yes, vaccines do harm people. By the way, so I just found out something when I was on lunch, and I wanted to show it to you. We were talking about Dr. Tenpenny's testimony about magnetic vaccine crystals. So this is what I found out. So I have a key and a bobby pin here. Explain to me why the key sticks to me. It sticks to my neck, too. I got this. Yeah, so if somebody can explain this, that would be great. Any questions? Yes, a million questions. Number one, are you aware the key you're probably using is made of nickel and maybe copper and probably not enough metal to be all that magnetic? Question number two, do you have any interest in running for public office? Because you're speaking a lot of people's language. Question number three, have you been sticking to things around your house? The washer and dryer, the refrigerator, the oven? Now, that was actually two women. I believe the first woman speaking was the doctor, and then the second woman sounded like a woman who conducted her experiment on her lunch break after hearing the doctor talk about the vaccine making people magnetic. Now, I really go out of my way to not call people crazy or stupid because of their political views. If someone has political views that differ from mine, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Even if they're wildly different than my political views, I don't just assume they're stupid or they're less informed than I am or that they're crazy in some sort of a way. But when it comes to clips like this, you find them all over the internet. When I hear about something like this, I hear it on another radio show or someone sends it to me or tells me about it and I look it up, I find out there's a ton of people posting clips on the internet thinking and saying the same thing. The vaccine has made me magnetized or the snow in Texas is fake or the vaccine is putting a microchip in me or they become experts on the different types of vaccines, the Pfizer versus the Johnson & Johnson 
or gain-of-function research. That's something you're hearing a lot now. Gain-of-function research. That's something being used to criticize Fauci because of his connection with the Wuhan lab that must have leaked the coronavirus either by accident or on purpose. And they all have something in common. They have a level of confidence that is unshakable in what they're saying. They have the confidence of an 85-year-old European man in a Speedo. Just no doubt, no second-guessing themselves that they look foolish in what they're saying or what they're doing. And it would be nice if we could just ignore this and dismiss it, and as I said, just call them crazy, but they walk among us. These two, one's a doctor, one's a nurse, but they're teachers, they're entertainers, and they're politicians, and it exists on the left as well as the right. But let's listen to a politician. Let's listen to Congressman Louis Gomer from Texas in a hearing with folks from the Bureau of Land Management and the Forest Service. And I understand from what's been testified to the Forest Service and the BLM, you want very much to uh, work on the issue of climate change. I was uh, uh, informed by the immediate past director of NASA that they have found that the moon's orbit is changing slightly, and so is the Earth's orbit around the sun. Uh, we know there's been uh, significant solar flare activity Um And so is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to uh, change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun? Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. I would have to follow up with you on that one, Mr. Gohmert. Yeah. Well, if you figure out a way that you in the... uh, Forest Service can make that change. I'd like to know. Did he just ask her if she could move the moon? Let me hear that again. And so is there anything that the National Forest Service or BLM can do to uh, change the course of the moon's orbit or the Earth's orbit around the sun? Obviously, that would have profound effects on our climate. Yes, he did. He asked a woman from the Forest Service if she would be able to move the moon or move the earth. Now, I understand what Louis Gohmert is doing there. What he's trying to say is that climate change is being caused now by the position of the earth or the moon or solar flares. He's making an attempt to say there's nothing we can do about climate change because the causes are beyond our control. But it sounds crazy. He's going so far to try and explain away climate change that what he's saying just simply sounds crazy. But he has the confidence to say it. And as I said, the left is not immune to this. Remember the snot-nosed kid who stood up in a town hall and questioned Michael Bloomberg over why he has the right to run for president? Now, maybe you don't agree with Michael Bloomberg and his policies, or you don't think he pays enough in taxes, or whatever the problem you may have with Michael Bloomberg. But what gives a kid who probably has never accomplished very much in his life to this point, the confidence to stand up and question Michael Bloomberg, a guy who has been pretty successful and done some good in his life. You have people on the left who think they've got the economy and capitalism all figured out, have the confidence to question anyone in business, anyone on Wall Street, simply because they read a tweet somewhere or because they read an article in Huffington Post or they DVR'd an episode of Rachel Maddow. 
What is it that turns this confidence into crazy? The answer is, the confidence comes from the fact that the people know what they know, but they don't know what they don't know. And that brings me to Dunning-Kruger. Let me play for you the definition of Dunning-Kruger. According to Britannica, Dunning-Kruger effect, in psychology, a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers or of people in general. That was a waste of time. Nobody understood that. Another way to put it, from psychology today, people wrongly overestimate their knowledge or ability in a specific area. This tends to occur because of a lack of self-awareness that prevents them from accurately assessing their own skills. Yet another way to put it, not by me, but some people might say, people are too dumb to know how stupid they are. Now, the Dunning-Kruger effect was based on a 1999 paper by two Cornell University psychologists, named Dunning and Kruger, of course, who tested people on things like logic, grammar, and sense of humor. They found people who performed the worst typically rated themselves far above average. They also found that those same people suffer from a double whammy because not only did their limited knowledge cause them to reach the wrong conclusions, their limited knowledge robbed them of the ability to realize it. And what causes this is overconfidence because people would rather, psychologically, people would rather pretend to be smart than risk looking inadequate and losing face especially when you're arguing with someone who's clearly more informed than you are on a particular topic. Now, Dunning-Kruger go out of their way to say this is not about intelligence. Smart people can and are affected by this same condition, which is why they can be doctors, teachers, or politicians. We all have a tendency to think our knowledge in one area equates to another area. Why is this so important? Why are you boring us with this intellectual talk? Because it can be dangerous when people think that knowledge or skill or ability or success in one area equates to another area. For instance, you could be tremendously successful as a builder or at real estate, but that doesn't necessarily translate to being a public servant or president. You could be the best chef in the world, but that doesn't mean you should open a restaurant. It's a whole different skill set. I was watching some clips on YouTube of Trump supporters back before Trump became president, back when he was campaigning. And one of the things that almost every Trump supporter felt about Donald Trump was, hey, he's a billionaire. He's a successful businessman. He must be smart. Now, where did they get this opinion from? Listen to this. They say one of their achievements for the year is bringing peace to Syria. And the whole world's talking about it. it's It's the level of stupidity is incredible. I'm telling you, I used to use the word incompetent. Now I just call them stupid. I went to an Ivy League school. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. I have the be- But there's no better word than stupid. <laughs> right? There is none. Nobody knows this stuff better than me. Nobody knows more about taxes than I do and income than I do. Nobody, Nobody knows, knows more about, about construction, construction than I do. Nobody knows more about campaign finance than I do. Nobody knows consultants better than me. I know more about drones than anybody. Nobody knows much more about technology, this type of technology, certainly, than I do. Nobody knows more about technology than me. I know more about technology than anybody. Nobody in the history of 
this country has ever known so much about infrastructure as Donald Trump. I know the H-1B. I know the H-2B. Nobody knows it better than me. I know more about ISIS than the generals do believe. Nobody understands the press, but I think I understand them as well as anybody. I mean, I know these people much better than you do. I understand things. I comprehend very well, okay? Better than... I think almost anybody. And by the way, who knew the other side of the picture better than me? I knew it. Nobody knows more about environmental impact statements than me. And I think I know more about the environment than most people. I know a lot about wind. I know a lot about wind. You know, I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I understand the power of Facebook. Maybe better than almost anybody. I know more about renewables than any human being on Earth. Nobody knows more about polls than me. I know more about courts than any human being on Earth. I understand healthcare now, especially very well. A lot of people don't understand it. I know the angles. I know every angle. I know more about steel workers than anybody that's ever run for office. I know more about golf than Obama knows. And you know, in the case of Turkey and the Kurds, and I could go into a whole story because I understand it, I think, better than most. And I cut that off. It goes on for another two minutes. Another two minutes of him saying, I know more about it, this than anybody. Does that sound like a guy who's suffering from overconfidence? And it's dangerous because this confidence not only causes you to say some things that are a little crazy, but it keeps you from surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you and understand some of those things better than you do when it's important like managing a pandemic. And I don't want to make this all about Donald Trump, because as I said, we all suffer from this. We all may think or judge ourselves to be smarter or more informed than we are. But I'll read this straight from Psychology Today. And remember, this condition was first written about in 1999, long before Donald Trump ever ran for president. But this is in reference to overconfidence. This is from Psychology Today. These individuals may seem highly competent and persuasive due to apparent confidence. They are often driven by a desire for status and power and the need to appear smarter than the people around them. Donald Trump has said out loud he prefers to surround himself with people who aren't as smart as he thinks he is. He prefers to be the smartest person in the room, as he put it. Note, He doesn't want to be the most informed person in the room. He wants to appear to be the smartest person in the room. Now, maybe that works when you're the head of your company trying to hammer out a real estate deal, but it doesn't work so much when you're meeting with the leaders of NATO or you're trying to hammer out a healthcare bill or you're negotiating a trade deal with China, which might be why all of those things didn't go so well for America. And yet people bought into it and continue to buy into it. And again, it's not just about intelligence, because just think of the long list of people who you would consider to have some degree of intelligence who had their reputations or careers destroyed by Donald Trump. Dr. Deborah Burks, Sean Spicer, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kelly McEnany, Jeff Sessions, Bill Barr, Michael Cohen, Kellyanne Conway, Dancing with the Stars' Rick Perry, Herman Cain is dead, just to name a few. And Lindsey Graham tells us, the Republican Party cannot survive without Donald Trump. So how do we fight back against that? How do we fight back against this Dunning-Kruger condition that seems to be running amok in our society? First, I guess we should all realize that any one of us can and does suffer from it. If you're 100% convinced that Bernie Sanders would have been a great president, if you're 100% convinced that Barack Obama was a great president, 
if you're 100% convinced that Wonder Woman 84 was a horrible movie, in that case, I suffer from Dunning-Kruger because I'm 100% convinced that Wonder Woman 84 was a horrible movie. My feet are planted on that one. But on the other things, I can be swayed. I can form another opinion, given new information, and recognizing that that makes us intelligent. Second-guessing ourselves makes us intelligent. And I must be a genius because I second-guess everything. I sometimes second-guess whether or not I have to go to the bathroom. And that's okay. Question what you don't know, and don't dismiss people with different viewpoints. Be open to constructive criticism, and resist the impulse to become defensive. Don't pretend to know something you don't know. Learn by getting information from different sources with different perspectives, like the Comparison Group podcast. I'm not lecturing. I'm learning, and I'm telling you what I've learned, hoping maybe you'll find it interesting. Now, are these solutions for people who are extremist or violent? Probably not, but I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to the center left and the center right, because we outnumber them 100 to 1. We just don't act like it. Sometimes we act as if the country is doomed and there's nothing we can do about it. My last show, America Exposed, End of an Empire, had a question mark at the end of the title. Not a period, because I was asking a question, not making a statement. Is this the end of the American Empire? The beginning of the end? Because as most people know, empires are destroyed from within, not from outside sources. Empires destroy themselves from within. So will this empire slowly fade away the same way others have destroyed from within by our own government, our own media, our own lack of self-awareness? Not if we figure some things out. Let me give you an example of what second-guessing and overthinking things can do for you. See if you can appreciate this. I've been hearing a lot about Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia in the news. All week, Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin needs to get on board. Joe Manchin, Democratic senator from West Virginia, is blocking Biden's agenda. He won't get on board with the bills that Biden and the Democrats want to pass. Things like voting rights, infrastructure, changes to the filibuster. He just won't get on board. Now, it's obvious it's because he's a Democrat from a red state. And my initial thought was Joe Biden, or excuse me, Joe Manchin needs to get on board. And good for Biden for calling him out, along with Kristen Cinema. Good for Biden calling them out and saying they need to get on board. But then I had another thought. Joe Manchin doesn't need to get on board with the Democrats. It wouldn't make any sense for Joe Manchin. Keep saying Joe Biden. Wouldn't make any sense for Joe Manchin to get on board with the Democrats. He's a Democrat in a super ultra-conservative red state, West Virginia. The only chance he has of losing that seat is to a Republican. What are the Democrats going to do? Run a primary opponent against Joe Manchin? Run a more leftist opponent in a primary against Joe Manchin so they can get those five liberals who live in West Virginia to vote for that person in a primary and then lose the seat to a Republican in a general election? That would be stupid, and I don't think the Democrats are stupid enough to do that. So if the Democrats don't want to lose that seat, they can't primary him and they can't push him so far to the left that he loses to a Republican. So he has to stay center right. And the more you try and push him to the left, the more the Republicans feel the bill you're trying to get passed must be super important and the more they will resist it. I remember a story when Barack Obama was president and the New York state legislator informed him 
they had enough Republican votes to finally pass gay marriage in New York. They were going to do it. Had the votes. They were going to make gay marriage legal in New York. And Obama said, oh, that's great. I'll come for the bill signing. Say a few words. And they said, oh, no, absolutely not, Mr. President. You can't come to New York and show your support for this bill. If you do, the Republicans will withdraw their support. And so, of course, Obama said, oh, no problem. I'd rather see the bill get passed than show up to take any credit for it. So that's the way it worked. In order to get the Republicans on board, they couldn't be seen doing anything that Obama was in favor of. So Democrats, stop pushing Joe Manchin. Stop pushing Christian Cinema, And maybe, just maybe, be a little more clever, as I always suggest you be, and go after a moderate Republican from a swing state, a moderate state, not a ruby red state, like, say, for instance, Pennsylvania and Pat Toomey, who, guess what, is retiring and has nothing to lose. Maybe you go after Rob Portman from Ohio, who's retiring and has nothing to lose. Maybe you go after Richard Burr from North Carolina, who's retiring and has nothing to lose. Maybe you shape a bill that might get one of the five Republican senators who are retiring and have nothing to lose, as opposed to going after Joe Manchin in a red state with everything to lose. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least touch very briefly on a couple of things in the news. First of all, the revelation that the Trump administration had subpoenaed the phones of members of Congress and some people in the media. Now, I would imagine the response from conservative media or conservative people would be, well, remember when Barack Obama was spying on the media? And of course, the whataboutism doesn't work if you agree that if something is bad, it's bad. It doesn't matter who does it, whether it's Barack Obama or Donald Trump. Now, I will surprise you and tell you, quite honestly, when it was revealed that Barack Obama may have been spying on the media or members of Congress, I didn't see it as bad, particularly when it came to members of Congress. I actually am of the school of thought that they should be spied on. I believe members of Congress should know that they can be under some sort of secret surveillance. Why not? These are exactly the people that we have to worry about potentially being blackmailed, whether it be by lobbyists or by a foreign government. I actually think someone should be watching our Congress to make sure the votes that they're taking are legitimate votes and not for some other ulterior motive like good old fashioned corruption. Second, Pamela, excuse me, Pamela Harris went to the border, went to Guatemala, I should say, and told people, don't come here. That's good. That's a good start. Saying out loud, do not come to America. You will be sent home. It's unfortunate, but it's what you have to do. The country just can't handle thousands of refugees, thousands of unaccompanied minors showing up at the border seeking refuge in America. But the words have to be followed up with action, and this seems like it could be as good a time as any with control of Congress and five retiring Republican senators to put together some type of immigration reform bill that could actually get passed. Because remember, the Obama-Biden administration was not exactly soft on immigration. They deported quite a few people, and Obama got an immigration bill passed through the Senate with 83 votes. 83 votes 
in the Senate. It wasn't able to get through the House because the Republicans controlled the House. So what's preventing the Democrats from putting up that exact same bill that got 83 Republican senators to sign on? I know it's a different government now. It's a different Congress. But I'm asking the question. Lastly, people ask me, how do I think Biden is doing so far? What kind of a grade would I give him? And I suppose domestically, I would give him a B minus. I think his administration has done just about everything they could to deal with the pandemic, to get the vaccine out, to get shots in people's arms. They've done a pretty good job, I must say. As far as the spending, you know, I haven't been a huge fan of all the spending, but I suppose spending too much is better than spending too little. I recognize he's being beat up a little bit for seeming to break some of the promises he made when he was campaigning. But I don't have so much of a problem with that without a full picture of why he may be changing his mind on some things. I don't have a problem with it because as as we've just learned in this show, second guessing yourself is not necessarily a bad thing. I would have a problem if Biden felt compelled to keep some of the promises he made, even after he's learned new information that may cause him to second guess or rethink some things. Because after all, rethinking some things is a sign of intelligence. I'm now going to go sit and rethink this entire show. Thanks for listening. Follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show at comparison underscore show. Don't forget to listen on Apple podcast or Spotify. And by the way, please subscribe. If you listen on those couple of platform platforms, Apple podcast or Spotify, I need you to subscribe. It helps me if you subscribe. I've been so focused on downloads, I just learned that I also get credit for subscribers. So if you can help me out and subscribe to the show, it doesn't cost anything. I think sometimes think you get charged if you hit that subscribe button, but it doesn't cost you anything. So please subscribe to the show. And as always, check out the website, thecomparisongroup.com. Thecomparisongroup.com. You have to put the the... And you can find the sources and fact checks from the shows. And you can find all my past podcasts. Now, don't forget, we're coming up on the end of the quarter. You know what that means. Second quarter quiz. So get yourself caught up on any shows that you missed. I don't want you to fail on that next quiz like you failed the first quiz. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you next time.